choosing the voice of America. Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is Prince Nestor sitting in for Sunny Young in Washington. Welcome to March 16th edition of the sunny side of sports. Let's start off in the world of basketball. Moroccan champions A.S. Saleh joined the Rwanda Energy Group. Tunisia's U.S. Monastir and Guinean basketball team slack to advance to the Basketball African League playoffs. Last night in Dakar, Senegal, American guard Terrell Stoudlin led the side to the playoffs in a 91-86 win over the home team Dakar University Club. Nigerian international Amadou Abdullahi Haruna registered 19 points, 5 rebounds and 4 assists. While Spanish player Alvaro Calvo Massa added 16 points, 14 rebounds and 3 assists. Senegalese shooting guard and birthday boy Jack Bamba Diallo was DUC's leading scorer with 30 points, while Hamid Tariq Ali registered 17 points for the Dakar best side. Legendary VOA sports broadcaster Sunny Young and I provided the post-game analysis and also featured BAL's live interview with A.S.A.L.I. Alvaro Massa, who was named man of the game. Uh, well, I, I feel great for, for the victory. Uh, we need it. Uh, we had a difficult team with a lot of talent. And obviously it's not my game, but I had to do all the things. I tried to go inside the game in go with harder rounds, trying to do other things that maybe other years I, I do different. But at the end of the day, the important is the, the victory. You lost your first game against uh, Reg of Rwanda. What did it take for you to come back into the tournament and fight until the end today? Well, I'm excited about it. Uh, last year, with uh, Maputo, we lost in quarterfinals for just one point. It's something that is inside me yet, and I, I, I won't come back and, and be near the medal. That is our objective and my personal objective. And lastly, you're going to Kigali to the playoffs for a chance to win the trophy. What are your objectives as a team and how do you feel? Well, like I said, the, the objective is to be near the, medal, the medals. Uh, we will see what is the level of the, the other group. Uh, maybe we, if, if we won the, the, the first game, we had a, a better options. But still, I, I think the, this team is, is only going to be up uh, and it's going to be difficult for the, the other group if somebody takes us in the, in the playoff. Alvaro Massa, the Spaniard for AS Sale, 16 points, 14 rebounds, 3 assists, speaking with ball commentator Usher. And thanks to the Basketball Africa League for that interview. Prince Massa one of the veterans who uh, continues to contribute for A.S. Saleh. Absolutely. He played with a purpose. You know, he was really focused. And, you know, uh, he wanted this win for his team because he knew a lot was at stake as far as this competition is concerned. And in the end, I think the experienced team won. Experience really mattered a lot as far as this tournament is concerned. And that's how they managed to, you know, see off DUC team, which was 
this is their first tournament. And so uh, I know a lot of broken hearts have been left out there in Senegal. But, you know, normally there are teams which are going to win. Some team lose, and some just hoping that uh, Duke is going to come back next year a little bit more re-energized, and they should re-strategize honestly, uh, since they have given teams a run for their money. And who knows what next year might bring? In the other fiction Tuesday, REG of Rwanda finished on top of the standings after defeating Mozambique's Club Beira 94-89 in another closely contested game in Dakar. Rwandan international Jean-Jacques Nchobozwa led the scoring for the Robert Park-led side with 28 points, 3 rebounds and 2 assists. His countryman, the smiling machine, Didion Dizeye, registered 21 points, 13 rebounds and 4 assists. American Cleveland Joseph Thomas Jr. contributed 21 points, 6 rebounds and 12 assists, while Mozambican international Hilton Ubize registered 17 points, with William Perry adding 15 points for the losing side. The man of the game, Didon Dizeye, reacted to his team's performance during BAL's post-game interview. I'm here with uh, Diodon Dizeye. Congratulations, Diodon. How important was it for you to win this game today? Yeah, it was uh, very important to us. Uh, just, we just came here for... Uh, we just needed to, to go uh, home back with number one spot. Yeah. And Reg is number one in the Sahara Conference. You head back for the playoffs in Kigali at the Kigali Arena in May. How important was it for you to get that and go back home with such smiles on your face? Yeah, for sure. We just came, uh, just needed to uh, to be in number one spot. Then we can be easier for us to play against number four in the other group. Yeah. And what is uh, the team's objective finally? Uh, just to play, the, uh, to get better every day, and of course, to get the championship, of course, because we'll be at home, for of our fans, yeah. You talk about your fans at the Kigali Arena, what is the message you have for them? Uh, just to be ready and come, of course, in May to support us, we'll be amazing. There was Rwandan basketball player Didon Dizay speaking after his man of the match performance which propelled REG to victory against Mozambique's Beira. Attention now shifts to the Nile Conference's group phase, which takes place at the Hassan Mustafa Complex in Cairo, Egypt, from April 9th to 19th. And with that announcement comes some great news for you. You can catch all the action next month right here on the sunny side of sports. Quickly follow Sunny on Twitter and Facebook for highlights and team details. I'm Prince Nesta, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. I spoke with A.A. Sully's liaison manager, Abel Enson, who shared his thoughts on some of the Sahara Conference matchups and the influence of their team coach, Liz Mills. He also offered insights into the off-the-court life of their key player, Terrell Stoglin. How is the mood in Senegal like? Well, the mood is it's been electric, especially the last few days. A lot of surprises, as you saw yesterday, Reg beat Monasti. That was Monasti's first loss, a surprising loss by one point. So today, Reg has a chance to become the number one team. It's it's incredible because Reg coming into this tournament was basically a lower-ranked team. 
REG, basically, the Rwanda Energy Group, they didn't feature last year. And, you know, they actually beat ASL in the first match. And, you know, they have surprised U.S. Monastery. How good is this team? I believe that it's, it's, it's more of the, they're doing a great job on their adjustments. Yeah. The ASL game, I could give you a reasoning for that in, on ASL side. Uh, but the Monastery game, they did the right adjustments. I don't like taking away anything from a team that wins, we give it to them. And so they did a good job on their scouting. Their lineups were giving a lot of headaches to Monasti. Of course, Monasti was lacking two key players, but it's neither here nor there. They were still competing. And uh, yeah, I mean, Reg has come in as the underdog, and I believe it's a good advantage. Shout out to Coach um, Robert Pack Jr. from the NBA. He's been doing a great job with those guys as he's learning his team, he's making the right adjustments. So I think Reg well-prepared mentally. Mind you, little um, info that most people must, most definitely don't know. Reg was the first team to be here. And I had actually made the comment to them as a joke. I said, in the art of war, the first team on the battlefield has the advantage. So <laughs> that's what is written in the book. And they've been here. They were here during the World Cup qualifiers. The management brought them in early, acclimatized, be around the, the city, etc. So I think it has worked in their favor. They had a lot of time to settle together, you know, as, at least mentally, and then jump into the tournament. So I think it has paid its dividends. We are seeing them. They're about to be number one. I've been talking to my co-host, Sunny Young, in Washington about um, the reason why there is poor attendance, you know, compared to the Kigali uh, tournament that took place last year. What could explain this reason? Well, first of all, it's not the same kind of country. Uh, Rwanda and uh, Senegal are not the same places. But more so, the, for anybody who knows where this arena is, the Dakar arena, by train, let's say, by train, it's about 45 minutes. By road, it should take you also anything between 45 to one hour to get to the arena. The arena is out of town. So there are no people around where the arena is. When you are in Rwanda, the arena is in Remera. It's in a popular neighborhood. It is around people. You can have guys entering the stadium just because they were walking by the road. So the dynamics are very different because to reach the Dakar Arena is a whole day out that you must have scheduled for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And the games are during the week. You have to imagine guys have to go to work. Then you have to schedule in traffic because the timing I gave you is outside of traffic. If you have to come for games in the afternoon, that is in traffic, right? Mm-hmm. So Russia means I'm going to take an hour, 30 minutes to get to the game. So when am I going to go back home and go to work? Those are more, a lot of the factors that affect. We were kind of wondering about that, but uh, that's a really great explanation right there, Abel. Thanks for that. Coach Liz Mills, fantastic coach. You know, I watched her yesterday. Um, she was super composed. The players were listening to her. You know, her tactics really worked out well. And um, could you explain to us, um, you know, the kind of influence that Coach Liz Mills brings onto this team? First of all, Coach Liz is a very smart and articulate coach. So her biggest advantage is her attention to details. She, she feeds the players with enough information about the opposition that getting into the game, guys are confident. What you guys hear her talk about most of the time during the games is a reminder of things that she's already done with the players, right? So she's basically trying to remind you that, yo, at the meeting, at the video session, this is what we did, this is what we did. 
unlike a lot of our coaches that we have, she's one of those rare ones that takes film sessions very important, literally breaks them down, spends time with it and with her players. So the players are really empowered when they're entering a game when it comes to her. Unlike most of the coaches, if you've watched the games, you realize that a lot of coaches in our league are very animated during the games, right? They make noise, they talk to referees, etc. But if you've noticed one thing, Coach Liz doesn't do that. She doesn't believe in doing that. She doesn't believe in that kind of, of tactic. She believes to stay focused. You, you coach your team. So I've been learning a lot from her in that regard. So she motivates her players, makes them believe in themselves, and makes them focus on the important parts, the fundamentals of the game, the details of the numbers. Not to think that a referee can influence the result or even an opponent. It is basically the execution of the team that will determine whether or not the team can succeed or not. So that's those are some of the key things that she puts into place when she's coaching a team. That's very interesting. And, you know, this is not the first time you're actually working with Coach Liz Mills. Not at all. I worked with her in Kenya as her assistant coach. That was another incredible experience. Amazing. From the way she prepared us remotely from Australia to the way she did it on the ground when she arrived, everything was, you know, picture perfect. She, every, everything we saw opponents throw during games, there's no player who has played for Coach Liz who can tell you they're surprised by what an opponent is doing. They will literally tell you that we did this with Coach. I remember exactly this. How good should other players be, especially Abdullahi Haruna? Haruna Abdullahi has always been amongst the top scorers of Road to Ball or the Ball itself, okay? In the West African qualifiers, even last year in Cameroon, in Central African qualifiers, sorry, he was the top scorer. Last year's Ball, I think he was second behind Stoglin, right? Alvaro Massa has always been top five scorer in the BL and in club championships in Africa, the Spaniard, right? So A.S. Saleh has both of those guys. I, I wouldn't be worried when it comes to A.S. Saleh in regards to scorers because the team in reality has three pure scorers on the squad. Um, right now, it's just that you play according to hierarchy. So struggling being the primary focus, of course, you get more touches. But if you notice anything in yesterday's game, Stoglin distributed the ball more, played with his teammates more. That is why Runa could get going, because he let him do that. Stoglin only started really scoring towards the end of the game. So it's it's all part of a plan, and the team doesn't rely on one scorer, and that is what makes it difficult for opponents. That's important. And uh, Stoglin, goodness me, you know, for the second consecutive BAL tournament, he's still dominating. He recently scored 41 points, breaking the highest scorer's, you know, record as far as this tournament is concerned. How would you describe Stoglin, you know, both on the pitch and even off the pitch? <laughs> he's an enigma <laughs> because <laughs> off the court, only a few people can handle being around him because he is literally his own person, right? He lives in his mind and in, in the things that he believes in. He is, he's a loner by nature. So usually he's just in his corner doing his own thing. He plays the guitar. He loves music. So he's a great, you know, a drummer and uh, a guitarist. He would love doing all those things in his free time if he could or do nature walks. He's really quiet. Like, he's really, he can socialize and talk to people, but he's really on his side. On the court, 
he's an incredible scorer, as you can see. It, it, not even his teammates can tell you they can understand how he gets to score some of the baskets that he scores, but he's a natural-born scorer. Um, it's just within him. It's nothing to do with X amount of hours on the court practicing, because even if you see my practice, he's not doing too many things, right? But he just has it within him. And does he work hard? Yes, he does. But you don't really see it. Like, you see, like, there's some athletes that if they came for such a tournament, you see them constantly in the gym whatnot. He doesn't even go there. There was a Salis Lezon manager, Abel Ensign, and he spoke with me from Dakar about the Basketball African League tournament in Senegal. And Prince Nessa, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Journalist Sedina Abagwe caught up with Basketball African League President Tamadou Galofal and got his thoughts on the Sahara Conference games. Tamadou Galofal, thank for talking to us. Uh, the Sahara Conference is coming to an end. What is your assessment of this first phase of the second season of the Basketball Africa League? Yes, so we're very encouraged by what we've seen here uh, over the past, you know, eight days or so. Um, already I've seen a market improvement in terms of really the play on the court. You know, I think we were very pleased with our inaugural season, given the circumstances, playing under complete bubble. And also a lot of those teams last year, they came uh, without having, you know, been in game shape because the leagues were suspended due to the pandemic so it took them a little bit longer to get into full swing but here i think all the teams hit the ground you know running all the games have been very competitive i think maybe to the exception of maybe one game you know where but even those games that ended up with a double digit margin they didn't start that way so it was back and forth so that level of competitiveness and also the interest and, and passion that I see uh, is very encouraging. Uh, did Dakar's host city meet your expectation, particularly in terms of partnership? Absolutely. I think we just uh, announced a couple of days ago a uh, partnership with the ISPT, uh, which is the Senegal Tourism Promotion Board, uh, you know, through Destination Senegal and Air Senegal. Uh, they've tremendously been supportive in terms of Air Senegal having so helped get some of the teams here. And with Destination Senegal, they've been you know, really uh, helping create fun experience for people visiting the country, like going to you know, uh, sites like Gore Island, uh, the uh, African Renaissance Monument, or the Museum of Black Civilization, which I encourage people visiting the country to, to really... Uh, go and see. And I think, you know, obviously we're doing this here in Senegal for the first time. It's a great facility with Dakar Arena. That's a bit out of the city, but there's a brand new train that was uh, launched over a month ago. Uh, so fans who've taken it, we didn't have really uh, issues with traffic coming here. So with lots of learning. So if we're doing this again, I think, uh, you know, we, 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 we are in a good position. But for now, things have been really, really good. We've seen a lot of innovation this year with Unfanzone, the trophy presentation, celebrity game, and more. Is this a new way to involve the fans? Absolutely. The Basketball Africa League is really meant to propose, uh, to, to offer a product, an entertainment product that fans from all ages can enjoy. You know, and also whether they're 
men or women, young or old, you know, because there's going to be something in it for, for all. You go to the fan zone, you know, you have a half court there, and there's a lot of games that young people can play. You have a stage with DJ. Um, here in the arena also, you know, you see, you know, really the, the, the atmosphere there uh, is, is, is fantastic, you know, I, and I think whether you have a rooting interest or not, you can come into Dakar Arena and have a great fun experience. Now, the celebration of uh, Women's Day was a highlight of the Sahara Conference and expressed the ambition to count women to make the African Basketball League an economic booster for Africa. Uh, how are you going to make it happen? Well, first of all, by you know recognizing the you know the role that women play in society in, in general and as we are building our team you know the headquarters for the basketball africa league is here directly as a league we want to hire the best you know of the best in all positions whether it's in you know marketing or pr or finance or legal you know so that we have those opportunities we've been recruiting and we've you know, we're very fortunate to attract you know, some really good talent from across the board, many countries in Africa that are representing. So that level of diversity that we want in our league uh, has to be reflected across gender. And then, you know, uh, on the court, you see that we have, you know, uh, women referees. Last year, uh, we, we had two referees, two women referees for the first time refereeing a men's game in Africa. So we're going to continue to really uh, promote that. One of the key pillars of our social justice initiative is, is, is effectively to promote uh, you know, uh, opportunities for women and encourage young girls and also to raise awareness and fight against gender-based violence. So I think uh, you know, just today, for example, the, innovative, the innovation summit that we, we hosted, the first BAL Youth Summit that we hosted today, uh, listening to some of those uh, girls there on the stage talk about their experience and their ambitions for Africa. That's what we want to continue to push. So March 8th was special, but the whole month of March is special. It's uh, Women's Month, and we'll continue even beyond this tournament to really uh, enact and, and run initiatives that speaks to uh, the, the, the upliftment of, of women. Young players from the NBA Academy also participated in the tournament uh, throughout the Ball Elevate program. Uh, can you tell us more about this initiative? This is a program that we're very proud of because you know, it gives us an opportunity to continue to link the work that is, is do, being done at NBA Africa uh, with the Basketball Africa League. There is a, there is a, it's, it's a continuity, you know, because we didn't open the NBA Africa office in 2010 and say let's start a professional league. You know, for many decades we focused on grassroots to make the game accessible and creating opportunity for young people to participate in the sport. And then, you know, progressively we started to be more focused on identifying talent and grooming that talent right here on the continent. So the interest has always been here. Right? But we wanted to make sure that now a young player, no matter where they are from on the continent, if they want to become professional in basketball, they have an opportunity to realize that dream without ever leaving the continent. You know, you have all the grassroots events, the camps and clinics that's being done, and then you have the NBA academies for the elite talent that gets detected, and then that elite talent now gets to play alongside and against 
the top players who are older than them here on the continent, and that is a further step in their talent maturation. So that's, we're very excited, and plus seeing a lot of these players actually getting uh, playing time on the court, you know, just means that the sky is the limit for the program. Good. Uh, sometimes the fans are missing during the games. Are you considering adopting the NBA model with home games for team to increase the excitement around the, the competition? Look, I think for now the model we have, you know, we, we are going to continue to perfect it. You know, uh, again, it's the first time here. We know the challenges with the arenas, but I've been very pleased with, you know, some of the days, the crowds we have. And even those days where we didn't have as many people, we still ma managed to create uh, a, a product and a, an atmosphere in the building uh, that, you know, anybody, whether they have a rooting interest or not, you know, will be attracted to coming to games. So, you know, we're building up, we're building towards something really big here. Now it's time for the new conference in Cairo and then for the finals games in Kigali. Uh, what are your challenges for these uh, two major upcoming uh, meetings and for the future? Oh, we, we remain extremely excited about, you know, really everything that's ahead of us. Obviously, we've been to Kigali, so we kind of, you know, uh, know the, land, the, 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 the landscape there. Um, you know, we haven't hosted yet in Cairo, just like we, did, we haven't hosted in Dakar, but we, we have an idea because our team have been doing a lot of work, many advanced trips. Uh, in fact, our head of event just left today ahead of time to get started in Cairo. So, you know, we won't have any surprises and also working with the local federations and some of the, uh, the, the vendors that the partners we have on the ground, you know, just really is going to um, facilitate a, a lot. Obviously, you know, we, we, we plan as we plan. We make sure that, you know, we don't leave any stone unturned. Uh, but we're excited about being in Cairo and then going to Kigali for the finals. So this is going to be a fantastic season two for the BL. It has started that way, so we want to keep the momentum. Uh, one last question. What's your favorite team? <laughs> I, I don't have a favorite team. I think I was saying that I played for Duke here before I... I, I, I left, but you know, I just want to see great basketball on the court, competitive games, and the best teams win. Because at the end of the day, we want the winner of this DAL uh, trophy to be the absolute best team. So, you know, in Kigali, we will have the best eight teams. I mean, the best four teams from the two different conferences, and that's it. Just a great basketball product, and playing in a safe environment and where fans can enjoy it. And also, even those who are not uh, in the host city, because we are broadcasted worldwide in 215 countries, will have an opportunity to see the Basketball Africa League product. That was Basketball African League President Tamadou Gallofon and he spoke with Zaidina Abagwe, who's reporting for VOA to gather his thoughts on the Sahara Conference Games. Moving on to soccer, Uruguayan footballer Darwin Nunes' strike in the second half helped Benfica secure a 1-0 victory over Ajax Amsterdam to advance to the Champions League quarterfinals based on a 3-2 aggregate win. Manchester United also suffered a 1-0 home defeat at the hands of Spanish giants Atletico Madrid in their Champions League round of 16 second leg match played at Old Trafford. Renan Lodi's 41st-minute goal sealed a 2-1 aggregate to ensure Atletico moved into the Champions League quarterfinals. 
The loss condemned the Red Devils to yet another trophyless season, with 2017 being the last time they won a piece of silverware. United boss Ralph Fragnick shared his views on the match. Well, I think we played a very good first half, exactly the way that we wanted to play. Um, high energy level. Uh, most of the, the game in the first half took place in their half. Um, but unfortunately, we couldn't convert that energy into uh, one or two goals. We hit the crossbar. We had another one or two good moments where we could have scored or should have scored, but uh, we didn't. And then conceding that uh, one con- counter-attacking goal uh, short before halftime didn't make uh, life any easier for us. And in the second half, it was it was difficult. I think uh, I don't think that the game went for more than three minutes in 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 a, in a go. It was always interrupted. Somebody lying on the floor. I think also some curious refereeing decisions. I wouldn't say in the end uh, that they were decisive, but at least he fell too often for those time wasting antics. And uh, in the end, four minutes extra time was just a joke for me. But anyway. Very good first half. Second half, again, was uh, difficult to find a rhythm again. The Red Devils' shortstopper David De Gea also reflected on his side's defeat. They were really disappointed with the, with the result. Uh, well, it's difficult to describe words how we feel now at the moment, uh, but uh, I think we didn't, we did not enough in both games to 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 win this both games. We were. Not at our best, to be honest, but yeah, it's a very disappointed day for us. There's Manchester United keeper David De Gea sharing his thoughts after yet another disappointing season for the Red Devils. And that wraps up the March 16th edition of the sunny side of sports. Thanks to our Voice of America producer Nadia Taha and thank you for tuning in. I'm Prince Nestor sitting in for Sunny Young in Washington and that's the sunny side of sports. I get it.